Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to Spinning a Line, the rally cast from Darkfish. Spinning the line. Spinning the line, a rally. <laughs> <laughs> It's Dirtfish that we work for, Colin. (laughs) You are listening to Spinning a Line, the rally pod from Dirtfish. Spinning the line. You're listening to Spinning the Line, the rally cast from Dirtfish. (laughs) The rally pod. You're listening to Spinning the Line, the rally pod by Dirtfish. What a pro. Sounds good to me. Or do you want to write down the name of the podcast, David, so we don't get wrong? Oh, God. Just write it down. Right. (laughs) And what did we call it? It is Spinning a Line. What did you call it? Spinning a Line. Spinning a Line, the rally pod by Dirtfish. Is it Spinning a Line, Colin, or is it Spinning the Line? No, David confused me with that, That's what you struggled with yesterday, didn't you? (laughs) Only because David confused me. Right. Spinning a Line, the rally pod by Dirtfish. Dirtfish. By Dirtfish. (laughs) You were going to say dirt cast, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, okay. Good. At least we're ready and we're recording. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast. You found us and downloaded us, so you probably know we're going to be talking all things rally and hopefully we'll have everything you need right here. And if we don't, just get in touch and we'll have it for you next time. I'm Lisa O'Sullivan. My job is to keep the real motor mouths in check because we have three rally experts taking control of this podcast. And you can hear breathing in the background, Colin Clark. Oh, sorry, Lisa. Yeah, that's your, that's your job, is to keep us in control. I will stop breathing, yeah. Uh, my name Promise. Is Colin. Can we have that in writing? That's David Evans that you're hearing there. Uh, my name's Colin Clark. I, I've worked with Lisa for a number of years on Rally Radio. She is the queen of the podcast. I am the motor mouth, the gob of rally. And uh, joining us, as I said, David Evans with me. David, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm David Evans. Is that it? Well, it, you told me to be short and sweet. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Yeah. I can't be sweet, but I can be short. <laughs> right, well, that's David Evans. If you want to know who David Evans is, just Google him. I, all right, sorry, yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, I was a bit disrespectful. I am the senior staff writer at dirtfish.com and... Like Colin, absolutely in love with all things rallying. And George Donaldson. George, good day. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Uh, just to let everyone understand that I am the whipping boy of, of everyone uh, present <laughs> at the current in the current podcast. However, I do have a I do have a little bit of experience in rally and uh, that goes back a lot further than anyone else uh, here present. So um if if anybody needs to verify some old facts or just laugh at old people, I'm the man. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how to follow probably, that <laughs> as you can probably have worked out we are all in different parts of 
the UK at the moment, but we're probably going to be in different parts of the world as the podcast series progresses. And so extraneous background noises will be explained as and when they are necessary. But I think we should just crack straight on with this, guys, because we've had two events already in the WRC calendar this year, and it was, as always, we get to the beginning of a new season, expectation, no citron, worrying about whether it's going to be exciting and competitive enough. Two events in, <laughs> are we excited? Wow. Well, I think I think we are, Lisa, and I think we've got every right to be excited because there have been two tremendous events. Monte Carlo that kicked off the year was uh, a little surprising in some ways for some people. You know, Thierry Neuville won his first Monte Carlo rally and he won it in some style, I'd have to say. Uh David, you want to say something? Yeah, I do, because he didn't win it. Alvin Evans lost it. Oh, well, that was the point I was going to come on to. Uh, you know, the biggest surprise, perhaps, of Monte Carlo was quite clearly Alvin Evans. For a lot of people out there, yes, he was in the Toyota. We know how good the Toyota is. Uh, but Alvin Evans, in you know, third place on the podium, led the rally until the final day, David. Uh, it was a tremendous performance, and it was a real boost if we needed one at the start of the year. It, absolutely, it was. And, and you know, that was a little bit blasé then to say that Thierry didn't win it. Of course he did. And he drove magnificently through Sunday. And actually, Sunday was the only day that Alvin didn't drive absolutely brilliantly. And by his own admission, he just tried that little bit too hard. He, he overdrove the car, you know, too much entry speed. Uh, and the seconds just all, all slipped away, didn't they? And even in the power stage in, in Monte, when he came out of that power stage, he knew He'd, he'd, he'd overworked the car, he'd pushed too hard, and it was it was a kind of classic mistake to make. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, George, you you know sort of better than any of us. You've seen that hundreds of times where drivers have, have just, you know, sometimes it happens, doesn't it, when a driver makes a mistake and then tries to go even harder to make that time back. It, it's one of those psychological sort of uh, dead ends that a driver can hit, David. You're absolutely correct. Um Lack of a lack of experience, you'd say, at that in that particular scenario, especially in a Monte Carlo rally, where um, you know the, you never punish a driver for a mistake in Monte Carlo rally. As a team manager, the rally does it for you because you you don't you don't get a second chance. Sebastian Loeb, uh, point in case, the rally punished him. Unfortunately, his team manager decided to also punish him afterwards, which I have to say I thoroughly disapprove of. So oh. There you go. Oh, uh, why, why, I, I'm not sure there are various stories doing arounds about that, George, whether it was Loeb who said he didn't want to do it or Adam Hang on said... a sec, I'm just going to interrupt you here because I have been away from the sport for a couple of years. I meant to explain that at the beginning. So I'm coming here with listeners' eyes and I followed the Monte Carlo rally, but I didn't necessarily follow it in detail. So mm. don't assume too much knowledge on my part. Yeah, OK, at least, well, you know, Loeb looked OK for the first three days of the rally. And at times, you know, there were glimpses of vintage Loeb, of the Loeb that has won that rally. How many times, David? Uh, Six or seven, seven times. Seven times, I think he's won it. Uh, you know, we saw glimpses of it, but then there was a little bit too much of a Loeb that we don't know, that we didn't expect to see, that we're not used to seeing, particularly on the final day. He was quite literally miles off the pace, miles off the pace, with no explanation. Uh, and he seemed to lose confidence in the car. I doubt whether he lost confidence in his own ability. Um, but as I say, you know, following that, and it was literally the day after, it was on the Monday, mm. Adamo announced that obviously Loeb would sit out, Rally Sweden, and Craig Breen would take his place. There has been debate as to whether that was a Loeb decision or an Adamo decision. David, do you know much more I, about that? I, all I would say is that, you know, 
we saw Loeb come to Sweden. Was it last year? Yeah. Uh, you know, and Loeb has always said that Sweden was an event that he really wanted to win. He won it in, I think, 2004 from memory. Um, but that was a win that he wasn't really satisfied with. Because uh, if you remember in that year, Marco had had a problem and there'd been a few problems with other cars. And he kind of looked into that one. Um, so Sweden and a winter rally was something that Loeb always wanted to do. He didn't really get there last year and I think he kind of understood that actually that moment now has passed that he could win Sweden because the speed and everything has gone up so high now that you need to be in the cars all the time mm. uh, and it's a difficult one because if he'd gone to Sweden he was going there to do a job for the team he was in the third car he hadn't got that opportunity to to achieve that 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 ambition of winning mm. so I think probably Lope actually had a good bit of input into the decision mm. and you know, I think it's quite right that he wasn't himself in Monty. Um, but I think the trouble is now, the expectation is, we all remember him when he was so dominant. He yeah. is not that person anymore. He's just not. You he's know, not, he's he not in that have... same place in his life, is he? Anymore? Let's face it, he's not he competing did... for titles. He no. hasn't got the needs to prove himself. So, you know, what we saw from, from Loeb in Monty, maybe that is Loeb, you know, mm. 2020 spec Sebastian Loeb. And we have to accept that. And he's... For sure, as a third driver, he's great. Mm. It's just that it's diminishing our memories of, yeah. of this incredible yeah. nine-time champion. But it shouldn't. You know, we should just celebrate the fact that he's still there. Mm. Um, we and get to see him. him still. Yeah, George, what do you make of all that then? I mean, in terms of Loeb's ability and perhaps just the you know, the edge being taken off of his ability to, to push that final tenth that's needed for well, wins. It, you're, you're absolutely right. It's just that, that ability. But what gives you that ability? It's, it's the currency. It's the, it's the practice. It's the testing. Mm. It's the diligence. It's the hard work for which Seb Loeb was legendary for. You know, the, the man the man was tireless in a test car, and he was his ability to push in the test car to the right place was <clears throat> matched. You know, I mean, up up at um, you know Tommy Mackinnon levels and beyond. So the guy. My, my point being is that the man is a god. He's a rally god, and for anybody, you you can say what you want about Don't him. You know, dimi diminishing his. Uh, Diminishing his um, his his uh, his legacy. Far from it. His legacy is completely safe. The, oh, fact, George, that I... the fact that is that he's he's just doing a nice job and having a nice time. Uh, probably being paid quite. Let's, let's be honest. Be paying quite a lot of money to do it. I imagine he's not doing it for fun. He's doing it for he's doing it for 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 yeah. interest and enjoyment and for a deal of money. And uh, uh, that that's fair enough. He, he's he's earned that right. I'd just like to say it wasn't me sniggering, Lise. It was him. And I didn't snigger. I, did, I didn't snigger, Lise. And by the way, when you listen back to this recording, Lisa, you'll notice things have changed. I may have had the setting slightly wrong at the start. And to our listeners, I apologise <laughs> for that. Fiddling there are with two things. symbols on my mic that look remarkably similar and are easily confused by idiots like me. Sorry, guys. I was watching the waveform today, Lisa, which I wasn't doing when we had our rehearsal. And I noticed my... My waveform wasn't as strong as David's, which is not right. I should have a stronger wave than David's. <laughs> I had noticed the difference, Colin, but I assumed that you'd touched David by mistake and he'd given you a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's that the danger. <laughs> I think we've got to just front up here, and I've got to be completely honest and say that actually yesterday wasn't really supposed to be a rehearsal. Nobody but, knows about yesterday, but David. No, no, Don't no, tell them. Just, it'll come out. It was a Some, cock up. All right, somebody forgot to, or somebody accidentally turned the mic off. Yeah, and that may that? or may not have been me. Oh. So sorry about that. Oh, sorry, I'm touching wires again. But let's just, Josh, one one more point. One more point about this, this Loeb legacy, this Loeb situation. 
Uh, you know, David there was 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 saying that, or it was yourself was saying that. You know, he's back. He's having a good time. We should just enjoy it. That is so un-Adamo like. Adamo doesn't tolerate that. It's not. He, he's not in the service park. He is not the boss of Hyundai to give former world champions just a nice little run out. He is there to win championships, and he's proved how ruthless he is. I will be surprised if if Loeb is in that vein of form where he is just putting around at the back, enjoying himself, maybe taking the, the check at the end of the rally. I'd be surprised if Adamo puts up with that. I, I think there's a chance that, you know, we'll see Loeb clearly on the tarmac grounds, but is there a chance we might be, see might see him being benched again? I think there has to be. There has to be a possibility without, without a doubt, but you, you've got to give people two or three events to get up to speed. It, the, the speed can come back. Uh, mm. It's quite how much bravery can come back in, in the final push and shove. But but that level of experience, let's not forget that that man has, you know, led from led from the front of a lot of gravel events where he should never have won, and he frequently did, rather mm. like uh, Seb Ogier has managed, you know. Mm. So, so these guys... Rallying is all about experience, and, and uh, you know, even though we've got young guys coming into the sport, um, it's still ultimately about experience. You know, Elfin Evans done lots of WRC events, but but he, in in one way or another, he blew his Monte Carlo opportunity just by not quite understanding what he had to do on the last day and how hard somebody would push and what he needed to do. He won't make that mistake again. He's learned. It's fabulous. But well, and, and George, the the, the biggest demonstration. The big, well, the biggest demonstration and example of that over the past perhaps 10 or 15 years, David, George, was Rally Spain, where Loeb won it. Uh, it was yep. the most remarkable decision he yep. made on that final day, where the rain was pelting down while they were just about sitting in the service park. And he went on the hard compound tyres because, A, he knew, uh, we trusted his weather forecast, but he knew how well those hard compounds would work in drying conditions. They didn't have to be completely dry. And that, for me, was 100% down to experience and knowledge it, and ability. It, it absolutely... You're not wrong there, Colin, at all. But I just wonder now how many events this year can can Lowe bring that experience Not to. many. You know, because you, you, we would naturally look at Corsica. It's not there. You'd naturally look at Germany. It's a different it's in event. October. It's, it's a different, different event. And, you know, and there's no Spain. No, and there's no Spain. So, yeah, it's... But equally, the, we have to balance all of that uh, Adamo desire to constantly achieve and score points and everything. You have to balance that with the fact that Lowe brings a huge amount of exposure and entertainment. Now, it's not enough. That is not enough. No, that is not enough for Adamo. I really don't think it is. I think Adamo really isn't bothered by that. He is a very focused, single-minded character. And all he is interested in is that third driver contributing, when needed, those manufacturer points. I think yeah. he has to be very cautious that he doesn't try to get too much out of his third driver and get nothing out of them. He's got three guys to choose from. He's going to choose, he's going to choose them all. Great idea, great concept. But we've just discussed match fitness. And he's denying all of those drivers match but, fitness you know three events in a row let's try that I'm, one. I'm gonna need to move you on because okay. we've spoken a lot about sebastian loeb here but uh, monte carlo in general let's let's kind of sum up who won it or who lost it. it for me you know thierry did a great job but i still believe that that rally on saturday night was elvin's to win um and elvin for sure is kicking himself you know he he didn't just lose the rally he lost second um but ultimately it was it was a great event great start to the season 
Uh, and then we got to Sweden. Mm. Yep. So, Cole, <laughs> no, that's actually that sounds that I'm sounds really to jump in there. that sounds really unfair because actually, you know, I think we all feared what waited for us in uh, in Torsby. Um, and first and foremost, we have to say to Glenn Olson and his team and all of the stakeholders, you know, they really rolled the dice with this with this event uh, in terms of the weather and the fact that there was no snow and no ice. And we just about got away with it. There was a big freeze on the Thursday night into Friday. That sort of saved us. Mm. Um, and, you know, by Sunday, the rain was coming down. It was six, seven, eight degrees. And it was, you know, it was a miserable... It was a miserable Welsh TV, afternoon, wasn't it, wasn't it yeah. in the Welsh forest? George, listen, you, you've done Rally Sweden. You've competed there yourself, uh, I think, a couple of times, haven't you, George? Yes, uh, six times well, I've driven it. And, six and, and, times? And 19, 1988 was the last one I did. It was very wet. There was a lot yes. of snow, but it was a horribly wet event. 1989, there was no snow. Exactly the same as this year, in 1989. So there was no global warming in 89? Uh, honestly speaking, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, a climate conspirator. We know so little about it. So okay. the reality um, is 1989 was very, very similar to this yeah. year. Very okay. similar to this year. Well, the point, the point I want to make, George, is that we shouldn't be taking or making any knee-jerk reactions to one season. Okay, you could point to perhaps deteriorating conditions over the last two or three or four years. But but what is the solution? The solution clearly seems to be, the preferred solution seems to be to stay in Sweden. The FIA have said we will not tolerate a snowless snow rally because, you know, a point I made was that Glenn Olsen said we don't need snow to make this rally work. He was proven right. But what they need is they need snow to keep their place on the calendar. There's, there's no who question about to that. Who switch their phone off? Yeah, who was that? It wasn't me. It wasn't me and it wasn't David. It must be George. Uh, yeah. So, George, what, what, what is the solution, George? Do we go further north? You, you know that area well? There's not a lot further north, but you don't have to go very much. As soon as you, you head north out of Torsby, uh, you're, you're, you're going up in altitude. 60 hmm. miles north of Torsby, there's always snow, even on the years where we've seen no snow whatsoever. There's always been a massive amount of uh, snow available. The problem is accommodation. That there's basically very few towns. Well, I think what they're going to have to do is uh, perhaps reintroduce just for that one event. They have to reintroduce. David Evans, is that you? Are you are you playing with your telephone? No. You, what what is that? I can hear anyway. It's something it's a dog. I can hear. It's a dog or something going off. It's not my dog, but it does sound awfully loud. That's um, no, mine. Oh, nice one, George. <laughs> no worries. And what's the uh, dog's name? Dollar. 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 <laughs> dollar. Just, 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 hudge your wish for a wee while, Dollar. George, you'll be there to walk you shortly. Um, yeah, you know, I, th I think the FI are going to have to give them a dispensation to perhaps run remote services, but that in itself is a big, big issue. The teams have invested many millions of euros in their service park infrastructure. They want to use that service park for fans, for guests, for dignitaries, for VIPs. You know, it's not a popular thing to reintroduce remote servicing. There was a reason why the FI took it out of the options and the regulations. But, George, I think that is probably, if we're going to stay in Sweden, if we're going to keep the Varmlands regional uh, funding, if we're going to keep the opportunity for the rally to, to make a reasonable amount of money from fans, we have to stay in Torsby and reintroduce remote servicing. Or or, oh. or do, we, do we go completely the opposite way and say, essentially, the fans come if you can, but if not, then... You know, we'll we'll have to live without you, and we have to go far north somewhere 
to put on a winter rally to show. You know, the same reason that you would go to the Middle East or somewhere to show the backdrop, to show the nature of event. Well, it's that, a snow rally. There yeah, has to be snow. Exactly. So that's the point, Colin. So you've got to go as far north as possible. You go to the Arctic rally or somewhere like that. You know, that, that raises a whole different question of two rounds in Finland. But, you know, this it's this complete trade-off between having spectators there or having the perfect roads. You can't... Yeah. I, for me, it's very difficult to have both. Yeah. And you know what? At the end of the day... Uh, Fewer spectators will not suit Rally Sweden, but in some ways it suits rallying. You know, the more there's a real conundrum there. The more spectators, the more popular you get, the more issues potentially you've got in terms of crowd control, which you know historically hasn't been an issue in Sweden because you've got the you know the the, the snow banks and the yeah. snow runoff areas act like big um, airbags almost, don't they? When cars go off, they very rarely go more than three or four meters off the road. Uh, but there's all sorts of issues there. But let's talk, guys, about this year's Rally Sweden and the result and Elvin Evans. Uh, just a dominant drive from start to finish, led from the opening stage to the end of the rally. Never looked in any doubt, made one very, very small error, I think, on the Saturday. Uh, but other than that, he was imperious, David. And I think, I mm. think, I've said before that he's, he's looking like a title contender, proven to be wrong. I think he is looking like a title contender. I think we've got four drivers who will contest this year's championship. I personally, I, as much as I would love to buy into that cult, I think we've got to just stand back, just take a breath and just wait for Mexico. You wait. told me this last time as well and I didn't. I dived straight in and I was proven wrong. Wait, <laughs> just, Let's just wait for some gravel. You know, Mexico is a real case in point because, it, you know, he goes to Mexico in the worst position possible. And now let's just see, you know, we've seen that he's got some speed, he's got the consistency, he's got the car, he's got the team around him, all of that. But let's see if he has the maturity to put a rally together yeah. in the style of a Sebastian Ogier or a Sebastian Loeb. Stop touching my I'm knee. I'm touching your knee because I want to interrupt because I want to ask George. Uh, I think you're right. Let's see what he does. George, what would, as team boss, and you've been in this situation before, your Evans has had an incredible start to the year. Third place in Monte, a win in Sweden. But he goes to, obviously, Mexico, which we know is a difficult rally with all of the considerations about altitude. But he goes there first on the road. What would you be saying, George Donaldson, to Elvin Evans at the start of this rally? How would you manage your driver in that circumstance? You're basically telling him to, to get on with it in a fairly straightforward manner. Don't panic when you see yourself losing time. And figure out, figure out uh, just how you lose as little time as possible. Don't force yourself into a mistake. Okay, you're first on the road. The road's a little bit more slippery. Don't make a mistake on that slipperiness. Don't get a puncture. Don't hemorrhage a minute. You're only going to hemorrhage five or ten seconds a stage. And at the end of the first day, it's going to spin. It, it, hopefully, you'll have done enough that you're you're running fourth or fifth car on the road or third or fourth car on the road, and you can actually then start to capitalise and pull that back for the last day. So I think you're just looking to them not to panic. Take your time. Get really, really tight. Don't do anything flippant with your driving. But maybe select one or two stages where you feel that the cleaning's going to be less and take your chances there. Because there's always chances taken. So, so be very uh, cautious about your chances and mm. very, very, very surgical about where you take those opportunities. Mm. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with everything you've just said, George. And I spoke to Elvin this morning after his oh. test uh, in Spain earlier this week. And that was exactly pretty much what he said. He said, you know, actually, I will... Play it as it lies, and I'm not going to think about it too much. Not going to let it get into my head. And this is exactly what 
you talk to people like Robert Reed, you know, cleaning, as you know well, George, cleaning has always been there. You know, the difference now is that perhaps rallies are slightly shorter, so you have less time to, to make the time back. But Robert said, you know, you never got a, a Colin, a Tommy, a, a Petter, or, you know, a Richard that was constantly fretting. Of course, we know, you know, at places like New Zealand, um, Richard and, and Robert played the game perfectly. You were probably part of that game. Um, part of that. That was a good story. <laughs> One for the is it or is it is that story actually quite applicable now? I don't know. Because... No, no, no. Come on, because we got we got to talk about. There's a lot to talk about with Mexico. We've got a little story to tell. But at I the like end. George's George, story. George will have a story slot, and we're going to okay. come up with a really catchy name for it. So, so my point, my my my. No, don't do that. Horrible George's no, history. No. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Um, Thank you, Lisa. Luke, moving on, but actually coming back to it, you're dead right, George. And that's that's the frame of mind that Elvin is going there in. You know, he's just going to forget it. Get on with it. You can't change it. Yeah. So, so we're, saying, we're saying he's not going to win, boys. Um, unless my, it rains. My money, unless it rains or it snows. That's happened yeah. before uh, on El Chocolate stage. Uh, so we're saying he's not going to win. And that, that, I think, is a fairly safe bet unless circumstances play into his hands. So who is our money on? My money is very much on Tanak for this Can one. Can I just I... jump in, Colin? Sorry. Go on, Lisa. I'm just thinking back to, was it Argentina about three years ago when he lost out to Thierry on that last stage? Yes. I mean, he lost the whole rally by less than a second, wasn't it? Hitting a bridge. And, and cost him I, a rally. Because every time I see Elvin, I, I still think of him as a young driver and, you know, learning. But that was three years ago. He has learned. Mm. He could mm. be competing. No. Nah. Like, I I think it I, for me it's still a big push. It's it's a it's a lot to ask uh, of somebody who who doesn't have a huge amount of experience of running in those conditions on at the front of the field. You know that's where, where where Ogier and Loeb got quicker and Marcus Grenon as well. You know he was another master at it. That, but you have to put the time and you have to lead the championship for a long time uh, until you get into that because it is you know it's a mindset thing, isn't it, George? But it's also an ability to to you know to use the tyre less or to take a softer tyre but make it work, soften the car a bit to give you more traction. It's it's the complete package. It is. It is that. And we're, we're seeing we're seeing Elfin quite clearly changing his approach this year. He's, he's, he's more thoughtful. He's applying all those years of experience. And he has had, you know, he's, he's had he's had some fairly poor results. He's ended up running first on the road. He knows what it's like, but he doesn't know what yeah. it's like to run first on the road when you've got a lot to lose. So there is that's, a pressure there. So it's just that, as you said, you've talked to him this morning, that mindset, if he's strong in that, I'm sure that Tommy will give him exactly the same advice, but probably even wiser and much more clever than me. But all the same, it won't be terribly different. And, and you know, maybe, maybe he can do something wonderful. But wonderful to me would be to still manage to make the top three. Oh, mm. Yeah, well, I think that'd be a dream result. So, so do you want me to tell you who Elvin says is going to win Rally Mexico? Yes. Okay, here we, right, here we go. So Elvin said... He said, read dirtfish.com next week. Oh. <laughs> Do you know, David, I was going to give a David. plug to your column <laughs> when you told us that bit and you read it in full. Sorry, and no, when you say it, next it, week, it, you well, mean, because obviously people well, could be listening to this at any time. Yeah, when do I mean? What I mean, date? The day, uh, what day? Yeah, the, uh, uh, early, early March. March. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's that, that was really poor, David Evans. <laughs> genuinely. So, so what we want to know then is who you think is going to win. I'll tell you first of all who I think is going to win. I think Tanak is going to win, even although he's got some history in that event of some big offs and big crashes. 
I think Tanak is just beginning to find his feet in that team. I think he's put Monte Carlo well and truly behind him. Physically, he'll be a lot more prepared than he was for Sweden. We mustn't forget that he was physically not 100% in Sweden. He will be by the time he gets to Mexico. He'll have a great starting position. He will be very... If he doesn't make a mistake and the car doesn't let him down, and let's face it, we've seen a little bit of fragility from that Hyundai in Mexico before. Remember, Danny Sordo was leading at the end of day one and the car broke. Yeah. Uh, so the car has to work from... By the way, an interesting fact, a Hyundai nor a Toyota has ever won in Mexico. Is that something we need to bear in mind? Uh, but I do think that, no. that will be that will be put right this time and Tanak will win. I Should think, we bear that in mind? George, do you want to tell him he's wrong or shall I? <laughs> uh, well, should we think of Terry Neuville perhaps in the Hyundai not winning? Colin? What, he hasn't won in Mexico. I'm Thierry's down. won in Mexico. Thierry's no. won in Mexico. What, what, what was the what was the beer? No, no, no. Oh no, the, the no, beer, no, the beer was no, 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 no. That was a podium you, finish. Correctly, that was, that was that the very was first podium yeah. finish. And and in getting that podium, he robbed Elvin of his first podium. Yeah. remember? Because yeah. Elvin was. So I, I'm pretty sure I'm right. It was in as good as that, a win. Listen, if I'm wrong, guys that are listening back home, do let us know. No, um, I, I'm disappointed because I have to say, George, you're wrong as well. <laughs> the only winner is going to be Sebastian Ogier. Although I have to say. Actually, Tanak is probably in the best position on the road. Where is he on uh, the road, David? Sixth. Sixth, sixth on, the road. on the road. George, uh, that makes a massive difference. It can do. It can, I mean, it can be a tenth of a second per kilometre per car um, wow. yeah, nominally. So that means that, mean, that, mean that over, over, over the, the first ten cars, it can be a second a kilometre difference. Wow. I mean, it can, but it can be much more than that. And then just occasionally there are drivers like Seb Ogier, Seb Loeb, Ot Tanak, Marcus Gronholm, that that prove you wrong, and and yeah. they, you know, and even going back to Richard Burns, Colin McRae, Peter Solberg, they prove you wrong every now and again. A driver can pull out the hat. So, is Elfin going to be that man? I don't think he's got the depth of experience uh, right now. I think he's got the ability, and I think he's getting it, and I think he will get there. Is he going to be able to exercise that in this event? Massive strength of re- character required to be able to push and live on that limit. Uh, I think he'd be foolish to do it in one way, but it's up yeah. to the driver and how they nah. feel on the day. So let's go with nah, it. He, he's not going to so win. Okay, hang on. Sure. Let me but just I've clarify got... on my list here. <laughs> I'm with you, George. <laughs> so, George, you're going for Elvin to win. Elvin now. to win, yeah. Right, so I'll cross out Ogier, which you had yesterday. <laughs> don't, don't mention yesterday. <laughs> don't, don't make, it was a rehearsal, Lisa, mention. yesterday. A rehearsal. David, rehearsal. I, who are you, who I am are you going to? for... The only person who's going to win is Sebastian Ogier. Okay, you're staying he's, as you were. Yeah, Colin? I, 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 you know, I've, I've made it very clear who I think is going to win. And if you want to give me your ten pounds now, then I'm quite happy to take it off all of you. Tanak will win, and he will win by a streak. By a, I'm even going to give you a winning margin. Tanak is going to win by 34 seconds. Write <laughs> <laughs> it down. Write it down. I've written it down. I've written it down. I have to say though. Um, who said anything about ten pounds? Oh no, yeah, no I just made that up because that. I'm so confident in my pro- in my my. Uh, That's a lot of money for you. It's not real money. Uh, he, he never come, <laughs> it never comes good on those things. That's George, by the it's a token. It's a token, Colin. It's George. a token. It's a measurement. It could be a million pounds. It's just a token of confidence. And ten pounds is a lot of money for you. That's, That's a huge amount of confidence. I recognise it, Colin. Yeah. Thank you. I'm man. going for Thierry Neuville. Well, we've got everything covered then, haven't we? Yeah. There you go. Now. Everyone's covered. Well, a certain yeah. number are covered. That's great. Well, unless unless we do get a surprise. Sorry, at least unless we get a surprise and once again a Ford wins the rally. Remember, the, the rally has been dominated by Ford and Citroen 
over the years. Mm. So, you know, if we get a surprise, and it is not at all beyond the realms of possibility. If we're looking at one of the four drivers, for me, it has to be Lappy. Uh, you know, I know that we disagreed during our rehearsal on where Sunanen is. Sunanen, for me, is slightly in the wilderness. He needs to quickly no. find what's... He does, David. He, he needs to find what's missing. He's had he's... a lot of time in that car, and he isn't giving us what we know he's capable of. He's... He started... No, wait. Wait till I finish my point. He started with an absolute bang in Poland and Finland, and he looked as if he was the next superstar. It's gone backwards since then. If you tell me it hasn't gone backwards, then I want you to justify why it's not gone backwards. It hasn't. It hasn't gone backwards. You know, you've picked out oh, two two, easy to say two that. events from from two years. What was it? Two years, seventeen, eighteen, whatever. You know, last year he showed Sardinia, great speed. You know, there's been so much speed at times with with Sunanen. He has the ability. You know, we saw the change of co-driver come. That worked a treat. What happened? What do you mean it worked a treat? It, it worked, worked a treat for the first few stages, and we've no. not seen the results. Nonsense! Absolute nonsense. Oh. He. What happened to him <laughs> in Sweden was quite clearly, as was the case, as Rich Milner said, he had a scare. You know, yeah, and it Tanak was. had a scare. Tanak yeah, had a t- much bigger scare. Tanak's been in the world rally car for how many years more? Then, then I'm, I'm not buying this. So, there, there's something that's not clicking there, and no. he, needs, he needs to find that switch and. And he'll it. find it in Mexico. Okay. Guarantee it, hundred percent. Okay. I'm uh, losing interest, guys. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, George. George, George, all I can right. say is Colin's wrong again, and I apologise. Yeah, I'm going to move this one on from Mexico, guys. Lisa, if you, do you mind if Before I... Before we just... move it on to Mexico, on. from Mexico, one thing that I did notice on social media over the last few months was the departure of a pair of patent pink leather <laughs> cowboy boots being dumped in a skip. And what I was quite surprised about, because you were so proud of those boots, they didn't look as though they had very much wear on them. No, Lisa, uh, you, know, <laughs> I, no, you, I, you know how some things in life, you, you mustn't have regrets. Really, you mustn't. You know, you, you must just move on, accept decisions that you made are sometimes going to be right or sometimes going to be wrong. I have regrets about binning those cowboy boots. They were... Uh, George, were you there when I bought them? They were pink patent leather. They were beautiful. They, they were they just, you know, what Leon is the leather capital of, of the Americas, really. And you can get just about anything, and I mean just about anything leather Careful. in Leon. But I, I walked into the shop and it was it was just like it was like an evangelical moment. They were they were on the shelf and they almost jumped off of the shelf straight out at me and said, Buy me. But just let's be clear here, George, you were there and you let that happen. <laughs> Uh, well, I wasn't there when he bought them. I was there when he wore them the first night he bought them. He so, went so, after so, rally parking. He was so proud. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed, I just walked away. I can't remember seeing him after that. <laughs> Thanks, George. George, you know what? I think that was the night that I saw you drinking for the first time. And that maybe explains why. Um, uh, but but those, those boots I loved. I did wear them twice. I wore them once for a night out with Chris Meek and Paul Nagel in San Remo. And San Remo, you can get away Julie's with anything. Bet anything you can get away with and i did wear them once in stoke yes he did lisa thanks very much i wore them in stoke on trent once and 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 i was lucky to survive but just while we're on the subject of things that you've bought that you've regretted yeah tell us about your new car Cole. oh yes yes yeah well again you know when it comes to children i've got a couple of kids and you know it's, it's wonderful to see the world through the eyes of children because it is completely enlightening and it's it, you know, it's, it's something we could all learn from. But my kids looked at this car I was going to buy about a month or two ago and went, Daddy, we're going nowhere near that. You will not be taking us to school in that. And it was beautiful. It was a Volvo 240 DL, George. Four gears, big engine, 
22 miles to the gallon. It smelled of oil. <laughs> it just, for me, it was just a dream car. Beautiful condition. 1,600 quid, and it was mine. Bargain of the century. I think you should have, you should have spent that 1,600 pounds on the car. And you could have yeah. just put the pink boots into the back of that and driven the entire thing to the top <laughs> rather, than, rather than the boots. To be honest, it was, it was big enough, George, to live in. The car was big enough to live in. So, anyway, so I didn't get the Volvo, but I stayed with the Swedish theme. Uh, and I bought myself. I bought myself a beautiful Saab 93 uh, convertible, which right, right oh, now... Swimming, the... A swimming pool. Well done, Colin. <laughs> George, George, how do you know? You're Mind miles away. But honestly, uh, we've had torrential rain here for the last few weeks. And it looks like an aquarium in the back, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> it is it is slopping wet. Uh, and, and anyway, it's a lovely car. I love it, David. What's wrong with it? It's, well... <laughs> yeah, it, 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 no, it doesn't <laughs> smell, George. No. It, it never it it's damp. It's, it's not damp. damp. It's not. It never rains in Stoke-on-Trent, does wet. it, Cole? It's, it's <laughs> too wet to be damp by the sound of it. Well, yeah. But it, nothing will stop you... From, from having the roof down, will it? Oh, nothing. You know, blizzards <laughs> uh, pouring with rain. You know, if you go fast enough, you can drive under the rain, right? Isn't that right? Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, anyway, there we go. Enough about my purchases. It's good for your vitamin my, D my levels moments. to get plenty of sunshine on your skin. Thanks, Lisa. I'm Thanks, a fan Lisa. of a convertible myself. I have spent too long in in uh, drophead uh, cabriolets with Colin Clark. Oh, George. George, remember rallying, remember rallying rally Germany. That's what remember, I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about Louise. Mini Cooper S. Yes, Mini Cooper S. Yes. And it's awful. It's, an awful, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Why have I even mentioned it? I'll not sleep tonight. I think we were singing. I think we had the roof down, driving through the vineyard, singing songs from an ABBA medley or something like that. It was magnificently gay, and I loved every second of it. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, but I'm, but I, I just like to ask, what did Andrew kill it? And for those, oh, uh, uh, yes. he he also joined you in a, in a soft top, didn't he? He but did. Andrew, I would have to say, is the most practical person I think I know. He is, of course, the coordinator of Rally GB, that the brains behind Britain's round of the World Rally Championship. Not naturally a man that you put in a, in a soft top. No, but it was a really nice soft top. I got a great deal on um, Sardinia for a Fiat 124 drop top. Is that what they call them? I don't one, know. One, two, four. Drop, 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 drop. Yeah, got a Fiat 124. Andrew Kellett came out with me for three days. He only lasted two days, unfortunately. <laughs> it was all a little We've bit We've all been there, Andrew. The buffeting of the hair and all the rest was too much for him. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I have a history of, of convertibles. I love them. You know, I remember... Uh, in Spain a few years ago, I had a little uh, Fiat 500. This is all very interesting, but shall we move on from oh, your car? I was just yeah. saying, I, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a smart car, uh, and it is a drop top, and it is so wet in the UK at the moment that the, the, the black canopy has turned green with moss. But so many questions we are raising here. If you do want to get in touch, we'll give you a hashtag. There'll be a little stab to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. But you guys have got questions for each other, haven't you? Well, no, I mean, I have one, one thing I want to bring up that's, that's actually appeared since uh, two things, two, two, two very quick questions and what we think the impact. question for George. Hint. Okay, question, question for George. I want to ask George, uh, uh, coronavirus, George, um, you know, we've seen an event hey? this morning. What? Yes, we've seen an event cancelled in Italy. Agreed. No, it's not what we agreed, but it's, it's relevant and it's topical. Um, and that's when we've so got to now Dr. George. Yeah, ask Dr. George. <laughs> coronavirus, George. Um, how do the teams cope with this? You know, and, and the uncertainty surrounding the fact that you know we've had an event cancelled in Italy. Uh, there are events being cancelled. Other types of events being cancelled around the world. Is it something the teams have to or bear postponed. in mind when planning? Postponed. Of course it is, Colin. It, it, it'll it'll be forced upon us. Circumstances will force it upon us. I think uh, 
it's almost inevitable, um, sadly. Yeah. 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 Well. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I'm sure inevitable. Uh, one question for you, David. I don't. Don't want an answer from you about that one, David. I want to ask you about Rally Estonia, David. Some really, really disappointing news this morning. And yeah. I don't know whether it's final news. It sounds as if it could be. Rally Estonia. There seems to have been a bit of conflict with their local federation, the Estonian Motorsport Federation. Yeah. They couldn't agree on the distribution of profits. Therefore, what do we do? Rather than sitting around the table and sorting it out and coming up with an agreement that keeps everyone happy, let's cancel the event. Well, I, I'm not sure. You know, we, we're not privy to the inner workings of, of the of the of the deal or anything like that, Cole. But what we do know is that Estonia is cancelled. And that is a is a huge tragedy, you know, it for Oiktanak and the thousands, the hundreds of thousands of Oiktanak fans out there who had the the most amazing opportunity to go to to Estonia in in late July and and watch their hero compete. And it was and it is a great event, you know. Irma Arva is unbelievably good at organising that rally. Um, but the simple fact is there is investment from the Estonian government to run the event um as far as i can understand the government treat it as a startup uh, a, a small business if you like uh, and the the revenue the profit the whatever has to go back to the government mm. that's the nature of the deal you know whether you're starting a rally or selling bananas or whatever that's the way it works uh, and as far as i can understand the estonian auto union has said we would like some of that profit to reinvest into the sports understandably again but it's not the nature of the deal for Rally Estonia. And the unfortunate byproduct of this inability to find any common ground um, is the loss of, of one of the best rallies in Europe. Yeah, real shame. Real shame. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure there's more to come with that one, David. And you've been I, right on top of that. I, I, I don't see how it can be. The, wow. the, you know, simply that they've announced today that it's cancelled. Right. Um, so uh, that's right, isn't it, George? I mean, you can't stop an event and then start it again in a couple of weeks. Very, yeah. very difficult indeed, David. And, and I mean, it, it sounds like a, unfortunately, petulance uh, has has taken uh, has taken the lead over over common sense and a, and a joined up approach. It's very, very sad. Yes, it is. It, there we go. But at the most important question, go on, George. What? Oh yes, George. <laughs> George, sorry. Yeah, George. This, this is our little our little uh, look back in history slot, which we're going to come up with a really nice little jingle. I'm going to sing the theme tune for no, it. Don't please. do that. Um, but but while we're putting the podcast together, we haven't quite got our jingle yet. George, George, there is a story about Didier Oriel from the past, and you can fill us in on what the rally was and where it was and when it was. But there is a story that Oriel pulled out of a rally to go and buy a house that he'd spotted on the recce. Josh, tell us about that. It sounds so ridiculous, but it, it's it's true, isn't it? Well, it, it, it was said, Colin, and it was said in jest, and it was said by me in jest as team manager of Toyota to, to, uh, to a rather gullible um, and unsuspecting TV crew who were expecting a serious answer to a difficult question. So we just retired our world rally car out of its second event, and it was the we were only meant to be running one car. We had actually started two, and uh, one basically uh, went off on the first stage and then was retired by by our boss Uwe Anderson. He didn't want to to run it into the second day, despite our best efforts to persuade him otherwise. Um, George, which event was that? Did he? Th- th- this was Indonesia in, in 1997. Right, 1997. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a sort of September, I don't know, uh, August, September event, something like that. Um, so Diddy did started off on the second day. He wasn't that happy with the car on various things. We had a 
some form of transmission failure, as I recall, which was rather unusual because it was a well-proven transmission. Can't quite remember what the reason for his retirement was. He stopped in a stage, got on the radio, told us he'd retired. TV crew caught up with us. My boss didn't want to speak to him. George, you go and tell him whatever you want to. I walked down there a little bit <laughs> pissed off. The TV crew, the BBC TV crew said, you know, they, they got into the, the team. Not, not a great event for you, George. No, it's not been stunning. Uh, why has Diddy stopped? I said, well, he spotted a house during the recce up on the hill and rolled the state house. You know, uh, this was a former uh, Dutch colony and apparently it's a beautiful house. And the uh, car wasn't going that well. He quite clearly, you know, it wasn't going to go much further, he felt. So um, nothing to be gained from continuing. So he's away buying that house now and uh, we'll, we'll pick up the car later. And, and he, he then led the, the, the present presenter. Oh, oh! And he, he went into the next question before I burst out laughing. Basically, so, <laughs> so I, I can't that... remember. I think it might have gone out. Actually, it was the BBC. What? They put a recorded program out uh, a week later uh, worldwide on on BBC Worldwide. So it was a huge audience we had at the time. I've got a feeling that actually went out Aye, as a what? as a quote. It, it must might have done, done because it's don't recall writing... getting into trouble for it though. Oh. But there's so many other things you were probably getting into oh, trouble always, for, George. I was always in trouble. But, I was always you know, isn't it wonderful the way that that story has now entered rallying folklore and it's accepted yes. as being absolute fact. Uh, and, you know, and well done you for putting us right after, do you know, that was 23 years. 23 years <laughs> ago. Wow. Sometime. I was barely out of nappies. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. It was quite good fun. It was quite <laughs> good fun. I have to say, we are kind of running out of time on the podcast as well. Any final thoughts that we need to mention before we come back and do it all again? No, I just want to say uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been lovely getting the old team back together, Lisa and George, and nice to have David here too. Yeah, for a second day in succession. Sorry, sorry Don't about Don't mention the rehearsal, David. <laughs> can, I, you... can, I, can I ask one last question? I was wanting to know, why, why, why does Colin keep touching you, David? And why does it annoy you so much? <laughs> George, you've got... I'm sure someone got, else is asking that question. You've got well. no idea how much I ask myself that question all the time. He's, very, he's a very tactile person. It is, George. He's very expressive. Uh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking. I'm thinking back to cabriolets in Germany. Yes, he's very tactile. <laughs> and pink boots in Mexico. Yeah, if it was you, indeed. George. If it was Lisa. If it was anyone. It's. It's just. It's the. Sometimes you know, George, your enthusiasm takes over, and your hands start talking, and you do occasionally slap the odd thigh or slap the odd <laughs> knee. Um, it's all done in innocence. I have to say. It's just. It's just affection, uh, and that's yes. fine. I, I will. I will be. I will be sending a memo to Dirtfish.com's HR department shortly. <laughs> obviously, please could you draw up some guidelines for me? <laughs> yes. well, if yeah. you have enjoyed this inaugural edition of the, oh, I'm not happy with the name. I do like the fact we're calling it spinning a line, but the rally pod from Dirtfish on the end is a bit long. So we're going to have to work out a decent hashtag for this, guys. We're going to work out a nickname. But thank you for tuning in. You found us now. If you subscribe, you'll get the next episode straight into your inbox once it's been edited. And uh, we'll be here to talk all things Mexico and look around the rest of the world of rallying because we're going to be your first stop shop for all things rallying. We, we did actually, just before we go, Lise, we've got to say that yep. we did. We did have a little bit of a drama with Colin and I trying to remember the exactly, exactly what we were going to call 
I think um, you'll find that I've got that all set to play <laughs> in in a big lump. I think you will find, uh, David, that Lisa's wrap up was perfect, and what you said and what we are currently saying were not in the podcast. So I'm quite confident. I, anyway, I know Lisa's touch with the uh, editing knife is fairly ruthless. But what I want to say. That's. you can all imagine that debate went on for rather a long time but you know David he does like to keep things simple whereas George well he just lobbed in the odd hand grenade and then just sat back and enjoyed the argument poor old Lisa well she was playing referee and eventually we did come up with what can I call it consensus yes it probably was consensus for all the latest news and views and maybe a little bit of gossip there as well every two weeks you will get spin the Rally Pod by Dirtfish. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels. Don't forget to keep an eye on dirtfish.com. Looking forward to seeing you again.